Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. No truer words have ever been spoken. Uh, Nine out of ten lawyers agree, the other one we shot. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices as of the, the West. Baird, as the Baird said, the first thing we do is kill, kill all the lawyers. lawyers. Yeah. Then we sort it out. There you go. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. And today's show, it is a, a free-range program, as it said are on the Facebook promo. <laughs> yeah, we are... It, well, We've already lost control. And we haven't, we haven't even, even started. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's... It got a little wild and woolly in here before uh, <laughs> before we went to the street live stream. More chuckles and, and then, a cloud car. Or well, I don't know. thank Good. God we had that that set of uh, uh, shearing shears. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it, that's a good thing. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here we are. We're yeah. uh, we're just moving on. And well, I've got the birthdays. If you want to you start got them? the birthdays. Start them out, you Bunker. Anything in? Uh, you you start them out, Bunker. Oh, okay, well. Uh, on this day in 1840, Adolf Vandelier was was born. We did a show on him. He's a, kind of the father of uh, Western Parks in the Southwest, and he's just an interesting man. Uh, also on this day in 1881, one of the best sidekicks of all time, Leo Carrillo, was born. And this date in 1892. That's when. That was one of one of Harry's favorite guys, one of my favorite guys, one of one of Todd's favorite guys. Hoot Gibson was born. Oh. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Oh. Now moving up into the uh, 20th century, we got 1917 with Robert Mitchum being born. Okay. Cool man, cool, cool man. Uh, moving on into more contemporary, he's he's younger than I am now. Uh, Michael Anderson Jr. Uh, he was born on this day in 1947. Now, on uh, the 8th, that's uh, a couple of days, that's uh, Tuesday. That's the day after your birthday. That's the day after my birthday. <laughs> oh, that's on the 7th. Hey, yeah, where's the presents? I know. See, we, we, you forgot to mention your birthday. Well, okay. Uh, if you want to send me a birthday card with a check in it, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to receive it. Bunker de France birthday, August the 7th. Yeah. Now. Getting on to more important people, uh, Cactus Mac was born on August 8, mm-hmm. 1897, mm-hmm. and on the 9th, Sam Elliott was born. Ah. Now, but that brings up something. I got a call last night, that right after the wrestling started, which I almost didn't take because I love wrestling. <laughs> wrestling was on. Yeah, <laughs> but I took it, and the guy, I can't remember, I can't, God, I can't remember his name now, but he goes, <laughs> did you hear anything? And I said, well, I heard the phone. <laughs> no, no. He says, he says, I heard Sam Elliott died. No. And I went, what? No, I, I, no. And then he said, you know, I, and not only that, I heard that, uh, that, uh, oh, Clint Eastwood died. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think somebody's spoofing you because, you know, if either one of those guys did, it'd be, it would be on big the time news. Yeah. So. Hopefully both of them are both of them are hale and hearty and healthy. Just started watching 1883, starring Sam Elliott. Yeah, and, he is uh, so good. It was. It is. Uh, it's a very good, uh, very good production. Um, so, it, yeah. it is a pre prequel to Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. All the all the stunt guys of my age group, it's like, just like John Wayne, Elliott was like to our age group. Uh, just like old Sam, yeah. or like, or like ben, you know Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. old Ben, old Ben, yeah. Yeah. Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see what Uncle Ben says. <laughs> He's got you know, you know it's one. Uh, Tom's, uh, Tom, Tom uh, Selleck, mm-hmm. Sam Elliott, they're icons. They, they really are. are. Yeah, and, and they deserve they deserve iconhood. No question about it. Iconic. Free-range stuff today, that means anything and just about every damn thing Everything goes. goes yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> we, it, it, it got a little tense in here earlier uh, because I mentioned the uh, the movie Barbie. I almost walked out. And, uh, yeah. 
And I will tell you, I went to see Barbie yesterday. That's when I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> My daughter took me to see the movie. She asked to take me. How did she ask you? She said, Daddy. Would <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> How can you say no? <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know. And so we watched it, and uh, she and her mother watched it the week before. And um, uh, so she and I, I was the only man in the theater. <laughs> Were I know. They all looking at you. Weird. No, no, no. But I, I, I refrained from yelling out. He has no junk. You know. So, <laughs> I, I was a good boy. I was, yeah, I know. I was a good boy. Uh, but I got to tell you, all the stuff how that do we I have. Know this stuff. How what? How, how do we know this kind of stuff? It's kind of revealing. I don't know, but you know, the, in a lot of conservative press, there has been. Story upon story about don't go see Barbie. It's stupid. It's a uh, one guy said it is a bad acid trip, and I said, and my response is, sir, you've never taken acid, so you don't know what a bad acid trip is. <laughs> I, do. I do. Oh, oh yes, I do. Yes. yes, I do. In With my magic y- mushroom, my, my my younger years, yes. You were, um, you were wild. I was. I'm very wild. Um, so, you know, it is not a bad acid trip. It is highly entertaining. It's, it's a good acid trip. See, that's the point. It's an entertaining movie. And if you take out all the crap that other people say about it and just watch it, it's entertainment. Just like we say with Westerns, um, it's entertainment, you know? If you don't like Westerns, you're... Good. And if you don't want to go see this movie, don't go. That's right. You know, and if you want to go see it, go see it and enjoy it. Oh, or, oh turn on oh, the air we're, sign. Oh, my God, we're, we're not official not, yet. Now we are. Nope, there it is. No, it's not on. There. Oh, there we go. Okay. Harry so, just turned on our on-the-air sign yeah. so that folks will know we're broadcasting. Uh, yeah. So, you know... Uh, I will say this, it does have a Western element to it. It does. It does, because uh, Barbie and Ken leave uh, Barbie land, Barbie world, and And they come to the real world, which is in Los Angeles. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute, this is fantasy. I know, I know. And so they they, they come to Los Angeles, and they're in their uh, clothing, oh, let's say that it is... Yeah, well, we won't even say. Uh, but they go get more clothes, and they come out of this store both in cowboy outfits. All right? Uh, she's got... Uh, cowboy Ken. Yeah, well, you know, Cowboy Ken. He's got a, 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 a shirt with fringe on it and, and stuff, uh, and, and, the, and the hat. And she's got a pink outfit on, Western outfit and the hat. I mean, you know, hey, it's got that Western electric, element. And there are horses in it. Cowboys. And there are horses in it. Were they pink? No, they were not pink. Uh, it goes, did they have pink eyes? They did not have pink eyes. Um, uh, Ken wants it. The basis of the thing is Ken wants to create his own place, and so it's uh, the Kens. There, everybody's name is Ken except for one guy whose name is Alan. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and and so they want to create their world with horses, and so that's pretty much where that goes. Anyway, Barbie and uh, uh, Barbie goes back to Barbie Land with. Uh, uh, a civilian, if you will, and uh, th- they save Barbie Land from the Kens. <laughs> well, you know, j- just this is a piece of of uh, cowboy lore, I guess. I don't, know, I don't know what the right word for it is, but pure white horses have pink eye. Do they really? Around, you know, not their the eyes aren't pink, but around their eyes, they mm-hmm. have pink. Interesting. Pink titted. Pink did, eye. Did not know that. Yeah. So now, Todd, you can take Nola to go see it. <laughs> well, uh, Nola, uh, Nola hates pink, uh, she, and she teases me when I wear it a little bit, uh, because you both know that I wear a lot of pink. I have uh, plenty of pink, underwear. and I love a pink shirt. Uh, Bunker, we try not to discuss certain subjects. Like when my nephew looked at me once when he met my girlfriend, he was about probably six years old, and he, did, uh, he we got in, the, he, I picked him up, and he got in the car with his mother, and I, he looked at me, and he looked at her, and he looked back at me, and he goes, "I said, Nicholas, this is uh, this is so and so. This is my girlfriend. This is many years ago, way before Nola." Yeah. And he looked at me, and he looked back at her, and he looked back at me, and he went, 
what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, uh, you know, she's my, she's the, a girl and, and she's my friend and she knows grandma and, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, uh, you know, we go to the movies and we, we go to the beach and we, so he got real quiet, really quiet. So we then go and eat, and we're eating, and and uh, there comes a point where uh, he kind of we're sitting at this table, and and my girlfriend at the time, and his mother are talking, and he leans over to me and real quiet, he looks at me, and he goes, "Do you kiss her?" <laughs> and I said, "Nicholas." Gentlemen don't speak of such things uh-huh. in front of ladies. Yeah. And he said, Mom, why don't you go to the bathroom <laughs> and take her with you? Uh, you know, Art Linkletter said it best that uh, you can say the darndest things, you know? That's right. That's the right. things, too, yeah. That's right. So let me just say about our... Uh, yeah, let, let's remember that uh, on the picture on our, our advertisement for today's show, you had a picture of men herding cattle through Phoenix. Yes, and I was just going to bring that part yeah. up that... Uh, uh, the the picture and I don't even remember where I got the picture, but um, there's a cattle drive along Bell Road on in Phoenix. Yes, now, Bell Road is a. I think it's still there. I'm not sure if it turned into a. Bell Road is still there. Okay, so uh, it it's on the south side of Phoenix, and uh, it was the way that you would go if you were going to Las Vegas from Tucson. You'd go up. Uh, to Phoenix, to Bell Road, take Bell Road around till you got to Arizona 91 or U.S. 91. Five points. At, yeah, at five, five points. And you take uh, the state highway or U.S. highway up to uh, Vegas. The worst intersection in the world. Oh, God, yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they, they drove cattle uh, along Bell Road. Yep. And Bell Road also used to have bunches of... Uh, we, Bunker and I were talking Japanese gardens there, yeah, and, and, and a baseline road too. Uh, but there were all kinds of neat things that happened um, before well, Buc- urban Buc- sprawl. Buc- which is farming now, was cattle back then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Mason's so, and were farming, you know. Yeah, so I thought Chandler that was an appropriate was picture of uh, free range, no fences. <laughs> well, what it reminded me of is when. Uh, with my good friend, the great Chris Warren, who's a friend of the show, and you have met him, Harry. Yes. Uh, and Bunker, I, you met him too. Uh, we were all in the car together uh, after we had lunch there at the Empire Ranch. And oh yeah, Chris is a bona fide cowboy, born and raised, been wearing a cowboy hat since uh, had cowboy boots when before he could walk, and uh, still today, this day, he traveled all over the world, sixty nine countries, and has worn his cowboy hat everywhere. The only time he took it off is when he went into a monastery in Tibet. He took his boots off and his hat off All right. out of respect. He should but, send the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, that ought to so be. I a- used to always say, yeah, he should. Um, he's also should be in the Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records for being a great person and yeah. friend. But so he, I was always bugging him. I want to go to Monty's. I want to go to Monty's, you know, in, in Tempe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, why? Why do we have to do that? <laughs> I want to go there, okay? I want to go there. Why? You, you're going to have to tell me. You're going to have to explain to me why we're going there. Mm-hmm. I said, because I, I, I want to go to a steakhouse where they they get the, the, the beef is in the parking lot on the hook. There you go. Oh, the stock uh, And. Yep. Stockyards, and he we we go in, and um, the first time we went in, they were there, and then the next time we went in later, several years later, they were all gone. They had turned the stockyard into a parking lot, hmm. and I went in and I sat down and I said, uh, "Well, I, I haven't been to the waitress. I haven't been here in a while. I, I sure do miss it." And she said to me, "Well." I'm sure you don't miss the smell of uh, of the stockyard. <laughs> I, love I said, well, you know, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I like that because it it let me knew it let me know where my beef was coming from. See, exactly. And she she said, I can tell you where the beef's coming from now. It's coming from Paul's butch, butcher shop down the road. <laughs> I, she, was no, she was no fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, yeah, she was the kind of girl you wanted to go on going to the prom with, so you could leave early. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, re- I remember in Chicago uh, going to see a White Sox game, and uh, mm-hmm. the stockyards are nearby and uh, yeah. south side there. Yeah, and, south side. And, and if the wind blew correctly, you knew <laughs> you knew exactly where you were. Well, you know, that was the nice yeah. thing about the Phoenix stockyards. You go in there, and if you ordered a rare steak, it still had the moo in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just the glass of milk. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's Good still stuff. warm and foamy. Good yeah. stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. It's all in the name of progress, they say. Um, yeah, progress is a disease. I, you know, some. You, you, you think progress is a disease. Dis ease. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, as, as George Carlin said, you know, uh, have you noticed how society has uh, got to rename everything, every generation, mm-hmm. to sanitize it a little more, mm-hmm. make it a little, make it a little less painful. Make it a little easier going down as you swallow uh, the dirt mm-hmm. and the rocks. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, yeah, and he used the such as, you know, in my day, uh, listen, you're shit canned, you're fired, get out. <laughs> he said, now they say to you, hi, uh, we're going to be making some changes and um, not part of we're it. restructuring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in in a certain way, and you know, I think this is a really good opportunity for you to move on. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, he, and his response was, "Why don't you just play it straight with me, Bert? Yeah. I'm shit can." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, right. You know, it's funny. You're talking about doctors and stuff, and I'm just looking at one of my notes here from something, and it's treat the patient, not the test results. <laughs> What a novel yeah. idea. Yeah. On that note, well, as, uh, well, as the great uh, Will Rogers said, uh, the toughest job in medicine is being a veterinarian. you got to work on a patient who can't tell you what's wrong and is willing to bite you to let you know you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> Maybe we should start that. I, like you know? <laughs> I trust a veterinarian more than a doctor. We're going to take our first commercial break here on uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Terry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you are in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. What did this fellow Mason do to cause all this trouble? He tried to clean up the town. 
But he didn't have enough in back of him when his bluff was called. In other words, he wasn't a big enough man to finish what he started. Old Colonel Colt makes them all the same size. If you know how to use him. This is the Voices of the West. If you like a lot of room around to roam in, where any place you stop your heart's at home in. If you like to see a campfire in the gloaming, there's an open range ahead. We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West Area, Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts. As the Sons of the Pioneers sing, it's an open range. Hey, and I just got to say, while we were on break, Harry gave me a birthday present. Two stickers. Yep. One with a unicorn, which I tried to give back. And I cannot stand it. it on my computer. Yeah. And the other one is, like, we, th- we think it's a cat or a squirrel. I think it's a with squirrel. A parrot. Well, I think it's a cat, but anyhow, he's got a parrot on his head. But yep. the really cool gift yep. is Harry gave me a horse na- horseshoe I d- nail. I did. Yeah. Not everybody gets a horseshoe nail for their birthday. And not everybody should. No, they should. Well, no, no. no. Sure, I, I, and I, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. I know, I know, Todd, did you, my gift is in the mail. You should have mailed it a couple of days earlier so it got here on time. Well, no, Harry. Uh, Bunker, it's being shipped from the Philippines. Yeah. Oh, Philippines. Uh, oh, yeah. that was why that guy called me the other day that I couldn't understand. Yeah. I yeah. kept saying, I, I don't it's understand. A perfect, it's the perfect gift for you, Bunker. Yeah, a geisha. Uh, uh, she's yeah, she's no, not a geisha. She's she's a little uh, uh, a little minna now. She's she's about five five. She doesn't speak any English except for yes, and she can cook like the devil. You know, you know uh, this sound. This sounds like Al Wyatt. He, he you know, because he he would go to the Philippines uh-huh. with George Montgomery uh-huh. as his stunt coordinator and as uh, production manager. When we had and him on loved, the show, he talked about that. And he loved Filipino yep. girls. In fact, he married one. You know, uh, of course, when she first came over, she was married to Neil. Yeah, I oh, see. No, you may not want to tell this story. One of those things. But but it was because uh, Al was still married at uh, the time. I see. And he want you know, and she, you know, to get her into the country legally. So mm-hmm. you know, yep, yep. And uh, I used to love teasing him about that. You know. All right. Hey, how about a B to C? B to C. C B to C review. I've got one for you here. Uh, and I think it's a pretty doggone good movie. Lots of action called Oklahoma Badlands. Done in 1948. It uh, stars Alan Rocky Lane. And, uh, you might know him as the voice of uh, Mr. Ed. Uh, <laughs> Blackjack, his horse. And Eddie Waller his, uh, as the sidekick. Uh, there's all kinds of... Uh, Waller. Yep, there's all kinds of really good... Uh, uh, People in this in this movie. Well, let's see. We've got um, uh, we have Mildred Coles, who is a uh, is that right? She's the Mildred. A, yeah, uh, yeah. Henchman named Mildred. No, she's in charge of the ba- of the uh, bad guys. Oh, okay. Evil, uh, Mildred evil. Coles is Leslie Rawlins. Uh, we've also got Barcroft, Roy Barcroft, in there. Uh, Jean Ross. I knew a girl. I knew a girl once who she was a bouncer. Her name was Bertha. <laughs> uh, Jean Ross. Uh, oh man, what a great hench guy this is. What a face he has, uh, yeah. You know, he's got a yeah. face of a henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he plays yeah, Oliver Budge. Yeah. Earl Hodgkins yeah. is in this as well. Dale Van Sickle. Uh, Jack Good Kirby. Stuff, I'm saying. I'm telling you, Hank Patterson is the postmaster. Terry Frost is the sheriff. House Peters well, Jr. Was is in it. Frost a good guy? Yeah. Frost is a good guy. He's a, he's plays the sheriff. Uh, George Bell uh, is a cow hand in there. Uh, who else we got in Bud Buster's in there, uncredited. Oh, I mean, it, it it's it's just pretty good. And synopsis is that Oliver Budge, that's Gene Roth, is after the Rollins Ranch, which is uh, uh, Rocky Lane's place, I guess. And uh, his henchman Sanders, which is Barcroft, uh, kills Ken Rollins. And uh, when he tries to kill Leslie Rollins, Rocky breaks it up. But Leslie is a woman, and knowing the bad guys are looking for a man, Rocky now poses as Leslie. He doesn't dress that way. He doesn't dress that way, no. As an Eastern dude, and he goes after the man that killed his friend. I'm sorry, uh, Mildred is not a... uh, 
is not in charge of the henchmen. It's Gene Roth in charge of the henchmen, of course. She's a side. So, yeah. <laughs> the uh, movie is directed by uh, Yakima Canute. Yeah. Wow. I know. Uh, that, uh, hey, you know it's got to have a lot of action uh, in there uh, if he's involved with it, I it, I would think. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. It's uh, an hour, uh, Republic Pictures. Um, you can find it on the YouTube, probably on, uh, uh, what's that other one, uh, Tubi, maybe on Amazon, uh, but chances are good you'll find it uh, on the YouTube. And uh, Oklahoma Badlands, it's 1948, and it's Alan Rocky Lane and Blackjack. Good stuff, man. You know, he made, he, he made, of course, all the guys that played, you know, Ed Ryder, but he made a really good Ned Ryder. He did, he did. Mm-hmm. And his his horse Blackjack was Bill Elliott's horse originally mm-hmm. from Red Ryder Blackjack. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's one of the best ones that we watched. I, well, last night we watched, uh, what did we watch here? Uh, like Under like California that. Stars, 1948, uh, Roy Rogers. And uh, Trigger, of course. Uh, Andy, oh! Andy Devine well. uh, is in it. Uh, Pat Buttram, the uh, Sons of the Pioneers, are in it. Uh, Trigger gets stolen, and Roy has to hunt him down. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Somebody so stole Trigger. This Andy. always reminds me of, of, of that story with uh, uh, Roy and Trigger and Dale. Uh, when Trigger passed, uh, he had him... Uh, he had him. He stuffed. took him to the taxidermy. Yep, had him stuffed, and he's rearing. Uh, he's up on his hind legs, and he's rearing, and he put him in the museum out in Victorville. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Did the same. Roy with said, "You know, D- Dave, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Dale, I want to take you out and show you something today." And he took her down <laughs> to the museum, and he he walked her in there, and there's Trigger, you know, on his hind legs and rearing, and she said, ah, "That's Trigger." <laughs> He said, yes, I know, and now he'll always be with us because I stuffed him, and he's here, and we get to see him every day. Isn't that great? And she said, hmm. Hmm. You know what? How'd you like it if I stuffed you when you go? Please do. <laughs> so said, yeah, speaking of, up on Trigger. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Roy uh, and Dale and Trigger, I'm just, uh, it's open range day, so I'm just going to throw this out to everybody. Okay. okay. Uh, our good, my, my good friend, the one and only Joel Dutch Dorch, who is the executive director of the Happy Trails Children's Foundation, okay. uh, which was started by Dale and Roy Rogers. Oh, and so every year they do a raffle. And oh, this yeah. year they are doing a raffle of five prizes. So they're the uh, best prizes in the world. Oh, they're just they're so uh, they're exquisite. So all of you Roy Rogers fans, you better start listening real good because mm-hmm. you're going to hit the jackpot on this one. Uh, first prize, grand prize is a pair, not one, two. A pair of single-action Colt revolvers. Ooh, and great. Roy Roger, Roy Rogers Colt revolvers, the ones he carried in the movies. Nice. With the matching gun belt to go with it. Now these are, these, these are prop guns, though. Of no, no, these are real guns. Okay. Real guns. Real Colt. They fire. Oh, forty-five long Colts. All right. Second prize is a Cimarron model 1873 cavalry model, Ooh. also a 45 caliber, seven and a half inch barrel. Mm. And Third prize is a Navy Arm side by side 12 gauge, mm. a very unique gun. It's a special edition, a real shotgun, yeah, coach gun. Fourth nice. prize, Great Rides of the Wild West, which is a book by a horseman's photographer. Photographic Journey Across the American West by Mark Vidor, the great photographer. And fifth prize is a John Wayne book of uh, uh, John Wayne, an American legend by Roger Crowley, which is a uh, by the longtime friend of the foundation, and Roger Crowley also knew Wayne. And it is just a 
great book loaded with great photographs of the Duke and also interesting comments and stories by and about the Duke. So tickets are $10. You can get 11 tickets for 100 bucks, and you can go to the Happy Trails Children's Foundation. Uh, The website is www.happytrails.org, and you can buy tickets there online. And no greater charity I can think of to give money to. They take in women and children who are uh, in peril, in danger, mm-hmm. homeless, abused, uh, and they and make a wonderful have nowhere gift. else to turn. Yes. Hint, hint. Yes. Well, now I'm I'm looking here at Navy Arms and the Coach Gun, and it is a beautiful piece. Oh, did you pull it up? Yes. Yeah, I pulled it up here. Beautiful piece. Uh, uh, does not have exposed hammers, but that's okay. Uh, I don't. I don't go out exposed anymore. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I, well, I I have a Navy Arms mortar, yeah. uh, and uh, I, I know. I know you. I was describing <laughs> you to a friend of mine the other day, Harry, and they. I they were. We were talking about the show, and I was telling them, "You got to come on and do the do my radio show. Do the radio show with my associates and I." And they, you have a radio show? They allow you to speak on the air, right? I say, well, mostly my friends under speak, restraint. my associates. Yeah, under restraint, and I'm not allowed to drink an hour before or after the show. But um, during the show. But you do. But during the show, I drink. Um, and she said to me, well, who are these people? Who are these two other people that are so careless in their lives to get on the radio with you? And I said, well, excuse me, but the first one is a gentleman by the name of Bunker de France. And he was on 52 episodes of The High Chaparral, and he's been in the movie business for over 40 years. So, ah, there you go. And I said, number two is the one and only Harry Alexander, extraordinaire Man all over the radio, been done so many things in radio, and she's like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She's real impressed. And with I, and, yeah, she's not too <laughs> impressed. And so then I said, but in reality, yeah, he he's a he's a radio guy. That's his that's his that's that's who he is. He's a radio guy. But if you really want to know Harry, you have to understand that he's a pirate. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, he's a pirate. What do you mean he's a pirate? He's not a pirate. I said, yes, he is a pirate. He has cannons. Yes. She said, what? I said, he... He owns he owns cannons. He has cannons. Yep. And black powder. Yep. She said, "Okay, I I was you know I I I was a little concerned about you before. Now I'm very concerned <laughs> yeah, about you." Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> He's the pirate of the Santa Cruz. All right. So we need to. Yeah. Uh, when's that? Uh, uh, the event, oh. the, the Roy Rogers oh. event. When when is that? Close? Roy Rogers. Yes. It. The drawing is. Uh, this is the 12th annual Sizzing Summer uh, uh, Spectacular here. It is, uh, see the enclosed flyer. Uh, tickets are $10, yes. It, uh, the drawing will be held on Saturday, October 21st, 2023. There are three ways, easy ways to order, by phone and talk to a live person by mail using a handy envelope or make a donation online through our website www.happytrails.org the phone number is 7 uh, uh, toll free 855-788-4440 if we still had a had a website it had bees to see and other things we could put and that you up. do not have to be present to win we do have a website that has all kinds of nifty things on there we can uh, help promote that if uh, they would like, and I think they would like, um, yeah. because it is well, a Well, I'm going to call. I'm going to call uh, the one and only Dutch. Yeah. I'm going to call him and say hello, uh, and and tell him that uh, we want to talk about this, and maybe he'll come on the show. Okay. Oh, you know, cool. he is one of the founding members. Okay. Of the Single Action Shooting Society. Okay. And a very close friend of our good friend, friend of the show, the one and only Jim Rogers, ah, yes. and also Phil's the baby. other. Uh, great Phil Spangenberger, who was the founder of uh-huh. Cowboy Mounted Shooting, uh-huh. which is a uh-huh. offshoot, close cousin to 
simulations. Well, get in touch with them and let them know that... I'm a secret member of the back-shooting bushwhackers. (laughs) That's a henchman association. Uh, No, just... yeah, let them know. We'll be happy to help promote that stuff. And uh, yes, if they sir. want to come on the show to talk about it, Good. they certainly can. So we're I gonna think ta- we can get that done. Good. We're going to take another commercial break. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. It's Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses, with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. My name is Rudy Ramos. I played Wind in Season 4 of the High Chaparral. And I thank you for listening to Voices of the West. Francis Voices of the West. Bunker salutes the High Chaparral theme. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're paying the residuals. <laughs> I love the sound of money in the money. Yeah, I hear you. So, so, for all, so, so for all of you listeners out there that don't know, Bunker was on 52 episodes of That's the High right. Chaparral. Yes. He, he, the show has had such an influence on him. He has High Chaparral pajamas. He does. Uh, with the yeah. feet in them and the trap door. Yep. Yeah, yeah listen, you got to have feety pajamas when it gets cold. And a yes. trap door. And a trap door. Yeah. You don't want to go to the bathroom without No, a trap you don't want to drop those things. <laughs> I, I had a trap door for most of my dates back before I was, you know, when I was single. And most of your, da- most you gotta of your have dates an have a trap on. door in their, in their apartment. No, no, no. No, that's, a, that's the virginity belt. <laughs> oh, chastity belt. Well, yeah. Chastity belt, yeah. Well, this, rem- this reminds me of the of my great friend Shelley Volk, who, who Harry met. Yes. The one and only Shelley Volk who passed this this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his Shelley was, yeah, it is a shame. It's uh, It's sad. And, uh, you know, Shelley was known in the circle of fellas. He was, they called him the mailman. And, and you know, I didn't know that part of his life, so I got to know him later. And I once was out with a group of guys and of his old buddies, the old crew. And I, I see they were all telling Shelley stories. And I said, I got to ask you guys a question. Shelley wasn't there this one evening. And I said, why do you guys call Shelley the mailman? And they all started laughing. They all looked at each other and just started cracking up. They, they said they explained to me that well, when Shelley'd be on a date, he all, you know, if you got in the car with him, you would notice up in the visor there was always a letter with a stamp on it and it was addressed, and it was in the visor, you know, like in a clip holder uh-huh. in the visor and. And he'd be on a date, and if the date wasn't going well, he'd pull over. He'd be driving along the street, and he'd pull over, and he'd see a mailbox, and he'd say, uh, "Excuse me, uh, dear, would you th- would you mail this for me, please?" And he and the girl would get out of the car and mail the letter, and he'd drive off without them. <laughs> He's a, he is a hall of fame, hall of fame. I love him so much. I miss him every day. 
you know. I'm going through all these pictures, Terry and Bunker. I told you I'm going through all this stuff yeah, out of storage, yeah. and I've come across all of these photos of Sheldon, uh, the one and only Sheldon, uh, and he just has that look on his face, like, yeah, I'm the mailman. <laughs> What of it? <laughs> oh, that man was a hoot. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like the old who af- who after, you know, and you're out on a date with a girl, you know, and you're pulled over and you're up there, you know, with the lights of the city down below and the music is playing on the car radio and you look her in the eyes and you go, do you believe in the hereafter? And she'll look at you and you go, well, what do you mean? I says, if you're not here after what I'm here after, you'll be here after I'm gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, we're sophomore. We just went from R to X. Yeah, we? we're, yeah, we're sophomore, but that's okay. Listen, I'm not even going to tell the submarine story. Uh, oh, submarine races story. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been reading this book that uh, Bunker passed on to me. Um, it is uh, Richard O'Connor, and it is a biography of. Um, uh, Bat Masterson. Bat mm. Masterson. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the book, apparently, on which the television series is based, so or was based. True. So, well, I don't know how <laughs> true it is, how, how true the the television production is, but the book is pretty. True. The book, uh, what I've gone through thus far, is like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, wow. There's one. There's only one thing. Uh, uh, you know, Batman. He would led a tremendously interesting life. And but I always say, you know, when people say, "Oh, it's all made up. It's all a. It's a fantasy." And I always say, "Really? Have you ever read his letter uh-huh. to the general manager of the Colt factory?" Uh-huh. And they go, "Oh, well, what do you mean? Well, what is that?" Well, he wrote basically a simple one-paragraph letter. To purchase a pair of Colts, and he described how he wanted them, with uh, nickel-plated, butterfetch grips, which are the hard rubber grip, uh-huh. and uh, with a little bit of a looser trigger. And he describes it: only somebody who knows the weapon really well and has used it plenty of times would know how to find those descriptions and articulate yeah. it in the way he did. Well, he, he was a he was quite the shooter. Uh, he did. Uh, well, when you're a buffalo hunter, you've got to be well, a shooter. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, when he was a kid, that's what he did. He used to he had a uh, an old Civil War era musket, and he used yeah. to go out and target practice, and that's how he got so good at shooting. But on the flip side of that, he also says all these uh, alleged gunfighters that do all the trick stuff. Eh, forget about it. They they ain't the real deal, mm. you know. And okay. Well, you know, he went around, you know, exposing some of those guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I got a I've got a quiz for you guys. Uh oh. <laughs> I've already failed. Okay. <laughs> Do okay. I need to take a bite of beef jerky? Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm going to name several Western writers, and I want you to tell me what they all have in common. Jake Logan. Mm. Tabor Evans, J.R. Roberts, John Sharp. What do they have in common? They wrote. Besides that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Todd? They liked, they, they liked bourbon more than women. <laughs> no, Todd. That's... <laughs> okay, uh, well... Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. No, that's the old me. That's the old me. I'm okay, sorry. Well, old me. Uh, if, if this was Wheel of Fortune or one of those other shows, these guys would be off. We'd be owing, we'd be owing money. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what they have in common. Uh, they all wrote adult westerns. Uh-huh. The Slocum novels, stuff like that. Okay. And this is funny because in the end, towards the end of the 60s, going into the 70s, the western book market, you know, fiction, started kind of going down. off. Mm-hmm. And the publishers came up with this great idea, sexy westerns, <laughs> and that's what they were. They were, you know, there was, there was, oh man, yeah. almost every every girl interest in it was a bordello madam for for the hero, and some of these women could outshoot the men. Yeah, they were fun to read though because they were straight westerns. They were spiced them up. Yep, yep, yep. Well, yeah, I thought I'd throw that out there. All right. 
I, I prefer a good jar of salsa. Just, <laughs> just myself. But then, you know, I'm a little strange. You are. Okay. So. You are. All righty then. What else do we have going on here? Uh, absolutely nothing. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> go ahead, Bunker. Go ahead. Uh, well, I want, I want to, you know, this is kind of a uh, movie review, kind of. It's a silent western called Martyrs of the Alamo. Hmm. And it was released in November 21st of 1915. Wow. It ran 102 minutes. It was so direct. Two, two reeler, right? Yeah. Two or three reels? Five reels, I think. Five reels? I think so. With Any, about 20 minutes of reel, right? Yeah. That'd be, that would be just under an hour, mm-hmm. or two hours, actually, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for 60 minutes in an hour. You know? uh, anyhow, it was directed by Christy Cabane, who also was a writer on it, uh, produced by D.W. Griffin. Whoa! It's based on a novel and story by Theodosia Harris, a woman writer. Mm-hmm. Back in the early days of silence, there was a ton of women writers. Yes. And the cast had Walter Long as Santa Anna, Sam DeGracia as Def Smith. He was one of the major characters in this. Mm-hmm. Alfred Padgett as uh, James Bowie. Alan Sears is David Crockett. Uh, Janita Hansen, I think she was a, a girl in there with a name like Janita. Juanita, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Fred Burns was uh, Amaron Dickens. Uh, Aura Carew was Mrs. Dickens. Tom Wilson was Sam Houston. Get this. Douglas Fairbanks was Joe. Wow. Yeah. And John T. Dillon was Colonel Travis. And the story, The Mission Becomes a Fortress, is defended by 185 Texans against a huge Mexican army in 1836. And this is the oldest surviving Alamo movie. It has very impressive battle scenes, which were groundbreaking during the silent era. Filmed on location. Yeah. At the time of the <laughs> not at the time of the battle, of course not. <laughs> they, 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 use, they use actual Mexicans for the Mexican I, army. Well, okay, I don't doubt that. But I mean, this is this is authenticity, realism, and they almost, and they won. You know, you got to wonder <clears throat> why. Well, I, maybe you're not, maybe not. But the the when the talkies started getting produced. Uh, those that were silent movies, I mean, they just got lost and, and forgotten. But, well, that's you know, true, Harry. That's true. But you're, but, but it got lost here. But yeah. throughout the rest of the world, it didn't get lost yeah. because Chaplin kept making them, and they kept telling him not to make them. Right. And he said, "Why would I not keep making the films that my audience wants to see?" And they said. But people in America want to watch a talkie. And he said, yeah, and I'm making films for the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. You know how many people in Russia are watching yeah, right. my films? Exactly. All over Europe, yeah. all over Latin America, all over Asia. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, which is the other thing about West, the, the silence that we've talked about before, uh, because I know you love them so much, as the Bunker and I, is there was a lot more should I say realism in the acting? People uh-huh. say it's all overdone and no. maudlin. No, I don't Sarah think so. Bernhardt no. and and uh, you know this uh, uh, back of the hand to the forehead and all the, that style of acting. But you know what? You're forgetting something when you criticize the silence. What you're forgetting is they had they didn't have dialogue to rely on they had faces they didn't have their voice to right. they had faces yep. and they had their eyes and That's they right. communicated with their eyes and their body so of course it has to be more animated just like it is on the stage because yep. so many of the actors came from the theater but what does that tell us that tells us that the actor had less to work with yeah. than the actor today has to work with. I always get a kick out of watching a Tim McCoy movie because he did silence, and on close-ups in the early McCoys, um, you can tell because he did a lot of eye work. Oh, yeah. You know, in the Tim McCoy movies. Yeah. And, and I mean, that... Which is the other reason that all the silent actors, the males, had eye makeup. Uh-huh. They had eyeliner 
and sometimes even uh, uh, um, the eyebrows yeah. were done and because it highlighted the highlighted the eyes because that was the that was, voice of silence was the eyes. And you know, here's an interesting thing: the, the lipstick that they used was green a lot of times. Yeah, because in black and white, it shows up as uh, a darker color, not a black, right. but yeah. a darker color. And you know, these are two interesting things here. Uh, Todd touched on it, but in the rest of the world, there were some parts of the world, and up until the 1930s, that was you know that were still showing silent movies you, because they didn't have you sound go to Asia, the, the Pacific. Yeah. And the other thing is, a lot of these silent movies lived on in stock footage. Yeah. That, right. How true. Right. How true. But okay. you didn't have to speak English to enjoy those films. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, we got to do our final commercial break. Here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tankaverde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Hi there. You know there are certain laws that are made to protect all of us. But we must do something to help about that protection. So here's a thought that might help prevent an accident. Help other people protect you. Now to make it a little easier for you to remember those words, the first letter of each of those words spell the name of a man who thinks you're pretty wonderful and who doesn't want you to be hurt. So till next week, so long. In the meantime, be careful, won't you? This is the Voices of the West. 
Let's go spark and I'll run out the rig And we'll go driving down the lane For the moon is mellow and the wise old owl says We won't be bothered by rain We are back on Abel Francie's Voices of the West Gene Artery Everybody is singing Eddie Dean No, it's Eddie Dean, let's go sparking Yes, sir, it's uh, Abel Francie I know he was Abel Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We uh, we got a, a free range show today, and uh, loose range. <laughs> yeah, very loose loose range. Um, loose well, range. of course you got to have a loose range when you got two. You're drinking double fisted well, and riding a horse. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I just looked at, looking at my all the westerns that. <laughs> The lovely Mrs. Alexander and myself it's have been over watching. Six hundred and twenty-four titles. <laughs> I'm 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 having troubles finding some to watch because, well, I, well, I get most of them from the, yeah, the biggest I get there. most of them from the YouTube, and uh, you know some. Of, <laughs> Because, uh, you know, you get to look at some of these guys have done 400 movies. Oh, yeah, easily, you know. Yeah, uh, sure. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm like I'm looking at one now, Partners of the Trail, 1944, Johnny Mac Brown oh. and Raymond Hatton. Uh, good stuff there. Good I mean, team. you know, they're both, uh, 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 Johnny is uh, Nevada Jack McKenzie, uh, U.S. Marshal, and uh, Raymond Hatton plays his usual self and <laughs> not even identifying as a marshal but you know he's a marshal oh, yeah. because he's got some other thing going on but what I love about Hatton is his hat yeah Raymond Hatton's hat man the hat he's a hat man he's it's it's a great hat <laughs> it's a you know, great hat you know, I, you know, the other thing I liked about Hatton is his his wardrobe was it looked like he he wore it to bed <laughs> just come in off the range yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Contrary to when you see, he didn't have the, the smiley. No, no. What, contrary to what you'd see when he would be with Tim McCoy, when Tim was would play the part of a preacher, and he's got that long black duster on, yeah. and immaculate, uh, immaculately dressed, and that uh, big hat and the posture. Yeah, oh, I mean the two of them together is like wow. <laughs> it was like Mutt and Jeff. I know, <laughs> yeah. but they were so good together. God, well, he was good with everybody. He was too drunk to take the hat off when he came home, <laughs> and he didn't have time to put it on in the morning, so he just slept in it. There you go. He, he showered in it. You know, it, I, I just wish that we could find westerns to watch that uh, were like these old bees, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I got to tell you, that's one of the things I liked about the Barbie movie. There was no sex in it. What? No sex whatsoever. And was there drinking? And there was uh, no drinking. None. The only fighting was between the Kens, and it was like a gay boy fight, but instead of a real oh, fight. Or a cat fight. Or yeah, or a cat a, fight. A, a, what do you call it? A slap fight. Yeah, what, what yeah sla- slap, a slap fight. But Pee Wee Herman fight. Yeah. The, the movie didn't need any of that stuff, you know? And I, I defy a director today to tell me that I can't make a movie without two people having that having a go at it in the sack. Well, you know, I just realized something. You know, with AI now, the Barbie sequel, it's going to have a guest star. <laughs> well, now, Barbie, I want you should maybe get up on that horse. <laughs> Oh, Do you mind if I put my hands here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> what do you mean, darling? You're one fat man. Next time we get together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, I thought I had it on the calendar, but I don't. Uh, Jim Wiles is going to be with us. He is, uh, I hope at least, he is the uh, uh, director of a uh, bareback riding museum. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, down in uh, Huachuca City, of all places. That's da- down near Fort Huachuca, near Sierra He's Vista. Up in the bushes, though. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, he- he'll be joining us uh, next week to talk you know, about I, that. I found an interesting thing about it. originally it was called Rhythm, no, Brigands and Rhymes Museum. Okay. And, and then it, over time. Over time, it morphed. Because he's a hell of a poet, cowboy poet. Yes, and we're going to uh, talk about that when we have him with us. 
That'll be next time here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80 open ranges, oh, open ranges. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. 